Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help, I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble. I'm a clinical psychologist, a mum, and I'm passionate about supporting teens and their parents, which is why, along with Ginny, I wrote The New Teen Age, how to support today's tweens and teens to become healthy, happy adults. And my name is Dr Ginny Mansberg. I am Jo's co-author of The New Teen Age, as well as a GP And I'm a mum with six kids in a blended family. Now, we're just finishing up Mardi Gras and World Pride here in Australia. So we thought we'd focus on a few questions about LGBTQIA plus teens. But these are issues all parents should be aware of too. That's right, Janine. We are getting more and more questions about the issues. So it's great. The first one is from our anonymous form. And Anonymous writes, My daughter, 15, has recently come out as non-binary. She's insisting we use pronouns and said that although she doesn't want to change her name now, she might in the future. What can we do to support her as we know nothing about the whole LBBQ thing? I have tried researching, but it all seems a bit trendy and an unrealistic way to live her life. Ginny. Thanks, Jo. That's (laughs) awesome. Anonymous. I think your child wants you to use a pronoun that's really important to them right now. So the first thing I'd say is that if you continue to use the word she, even though it rolls off the tongue so easily and when you think about your child, you're thinking about her and she, that that is really a bit of a red flag to them at the moment because what they need from you is that you are listening and hearing and taking on board what they need right now. So I know it sounds tangential and peripheral. I think it's fairly easy to change a pronoun. That's like the low-hanging fruit. That's the first place to start. And I think the great thing about being non-binary, and I see a lot of kids who, when they're not sure what's happening gender-wise, sexuality-wise, it feels like non-binary is a kind of good place to start exploring There's nothing permanent. They're not taking any medications. They're not changing anything unless they eventually change their name. It's just a good safe place to start exploring something different. And, you know, I think some kids come home, you know, when we were little and they came home as a tomboy or they wanted to dress like a goth or they all of a sudden wanted to go to church every week. And the parents, our job is just to go, okay, that's cool. What do you think, Jo? Yeah, I agree totally that... That is just one really simple way to show your love and support, to say, yes, if you want to be known as they, them, you know, we can do that. That's really easy. I mean, 
look, good on you for doing some research. And I know it seems so foreign to you, but I think, you know, you really do need to keep researching and look at some resources. And I mention it a lot, but reachout.com is really good because then you can join an online forum that's heavily moderated. So it's really safe. And there you can share, openly share your feelings, your thoughts on all of this in a safe place where other parents can either help to educate you or can share, you know, their confusion as well. So then you can feel less alone rather than talking to other parents who may have no idea what you're going through. So I think it's really important that you get that support. And I think it's okay for you to tell your 15-year-old that you're finding this a whole new world and bear with you. (laughs) It's going to take some time. So you're not telling them that, you know, you don't approve or, you know, you don't agree. You're just saying, hey, this is new. You know, let me catch up and let them teach you. Let them educate. Just be a sounding board. Just being a loving, supporting sounding board for what's going on for them. That's, again, relatively easy to do. I think when you have children, in your head, even though it's not articulated, is that you hope that your children would want to emulate your values, the kind of family they've been born into, the kind of life that you've given them. And sometimes it can feel like when they want a completely different life, very personal as a rejection. And I just wanted to urge you to just let your child go through what they need to go through here without it being a reflection on anything about the way you've parented. They might, and I suspect they do, find your home the most loving, caring, supportive home, and there'll be many aspects of it that they want to take through to their future lives, and if they decide to have children, they might want to replicate a lot of it. But they're going to forge their own way, as teenagers are biologically programmed to do at this age, is to sort of break out, try a few different things, try and form their own tribe because that's, you know, how the species propagates and differentiates itself and gets more different family units and becomes stronger. As they grow older, they stop trying to push the boundaries as much and they might think about things in a little bit of a different way. But don't feel hurt if the life that they're currently striving for doesn't look anything like the life you had in mind for them. Great point, Ginny. And yes, you might be feeling, you know, confused or rejected in some way. The other thing, this may sound really harsh and I don't mean it to, but just by those words, you know, trendy and unrealistic, you know, you got to be really careful because even if you don't say that out loud, teens can sense judgmentalness and that is going to potentially impact your connection with your teen. So again, the forum might be some place where you can say, is this just a fad? Is this just a trend? But as much as you can, try and keep any judgmentalness out of your voice when you're talking to your teen, because as we always say, Ginny, I always say you need that connection to stay strong, to keep them safe. And that is one area where it could really be damaged. If you'd love unlimited access to everything women are talking about right now, subscribe to Mamma Mia. An annual Mamma Mia subscription includes online access to every Mamma Mia event, subscriber-exclusive stories, podcasts and videos from Australia's leading independent women's media brand. We have had another question come in from a teenager, which I'm so excited about. We are clearly having a lot of teens listening to us 
not just their parents. Great. And how much can we learn from the teens themselves? So So much. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And for any other teenager who's listening to us, we take all of your questions really, really, really seriously and we're going to answer every single one. So please send them in. Now, this teenager said, hello, I'm a teenage listener, 15 non-binary they, them. I listen to the pod as a way of finding a way to lead myself into adulthood. It's just great. The reason for this, I don't have the best home life for a variety of reasons. Conflict beyond normal, constant homophobia and transphobia, a ton of responsibilities in my house, cooking dinner, mopping, clothes washing, etc., in addition to a job and autism. This person's dealing with a lot. My question is, how can I explain this to my friend's parents? A lot of my friends are like, it's fine. So-and-so doesn't care. They're just happy I have friends. But I feel a responsibility to let them know that their house is one of the few places I feel like a kid, particularly as my psychologist recommended I hang out with friends more and get out of the house. Vice versa, how should a parent inquire to someone in my situation or ask their kid, hey, is so-and-so safe, etc.? By the way, I'm safe, don't worry, and I have access to support. (laughs) Wow. Awesome. Awesome What do you say to this 15-year-old who's just so mature? Yeah, I bet say, who's really 25. Um, We're so glad to hear you're safe and that you've got access to support. And thanks for adding that bit because it is really important that we hear that because it'd be different advice if we thought, wow, this is, you know, a lot for you to deal with. And if you didn't have enough support, probably the first thing we'd be suggesting is to get further support. So thanks for adding that. But you have raised two really important questions here. Firstly, how to explain to your friend's parents that life at home is pretty hard for you. And secondly, how should parents check on their children's friends' welfare? Two really, really good questions. So let's take the first one. I actually think you'd do a great job just by the way you've written in. I think you'd do a great job talking to your friend's parents about what's going on, thanking them for accepting you and supporting you and making you feel so welcome and explaining to them, make sure you say, although you are safe. So again, these parents need to know that you're safe because otherwise that would feel like a huge responsibility for them. But life is very hard for you at home. And you know, particularly the conflict and the homophobia and transphobia that must be the most concerning issues in your house. Your friends, parents may ask what they can do to help. You know, they might say, do you want us to speak to your parents? And I'd probably guess you don't want that. And you probably don't want anything from them apart from their acceptance and support. But do have a think about if there is anything they can do apart from being just a really, you know, great sounding board. Ginny, on that question, What do you think? Yeah, I think that your friend's parents are probably not completely blind to what's going on. And I would guess that they have said to your friends, hey, is your friend okay? Mainly because that's what we parents do. We do like to know who's in our house. We do really like our kids to have friends and we really like to know about them and understand them. And I think just being a human, you're just curious about other people and what makes them tick. They clearly like having you around, otherwise you wouldn't be hanging around. So I would probably guess that they have asked about you. But I understand your need to sort of connect with these other parents. You're spending a lot of time in their home. And I think exactly, Joe, what you said, like just reaching out and going, thank you for all your support. Really, really appreciate it. And exactly as Joe said, reassuring them. 
that you're safe. Can I circle back to something that totally wasn't mentioned by you, Joe, but that stood out to me, which is all the chores? So quite apart from the fact that I think there's probably a lot more to why you feel uncomfortable at home than what you've said, I'm sure there's a whole heap going on. As a parent, I am going to stand up in defense of chores because I actually think they're really important for everyone to do. And it can feel like you're getting persecuted and like you're getting told to do more than what is your fair share. But often your parents are holding down literal full-time jobs to pay the rent and, you know, pay the bills and that sort of thing. And sharing the responsibilities of a household is probably reasonable to do between all the people who live in that household. Everybody has a job. Yours is to go to school and you also have a part-time job. Theirs are their full-time jobs and you might have siblings who have other jobs. But just looking after the house, that's a cover charge for living there and getting the rent paid. And I'd probably try and stick a smile on your face and go, good opportunity to learn how to use that mop. There are other kids who don't have to use it and they fall in a heap when they move out with a flatmate. So hopefully that bit won't be as stressful for you, but you'll just see it as a reasonable cover charge for living at home. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. I think the conflict and the homophobia and transphobia are the concerning ones, not so much the chores. But can I just add, I know I'm going off on a tangent, thanks to you, Ginny, so let's blame you, but in this chores business, I agree with you where there, you know, it's a joint responsibility to manage the house, plus importantly, teaching our kids how to be able to do these chores, because then we're setting them up for adulthood. That's great. I'd just have a little word of warning, having come from a household where chores were, you know, like this, so many chores, that what actually ended up happening is the three of us kids ended up being quite the slobs. <laughs> because <laughs> I've been to your house. It is not slobby. Well, that's because Andy... you're coming over. <laughs> oh, right. I was going to say you with Andy. At a, oh, a, no, no, no. With no, a no. wear pulse up No, me. we're both <laughs> But I remember it was so clearly one of my brothers ringing me soon after he'd moved out and he said, guess what I'm doing? I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm throwing a ball in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what I'm doing? I'm just walking over a pile of (laughs) dirty washing. Yay. (laughs) So I know that sounds trivial, but it is really important that, I mean, it just rang a bell with me that to think Saturday, oh gosh, the weekend, okay, that means mopping and polishing that floor and cleaning that skirting board again. It didn't make me think, okay, great. You know, I'm part of this household. I really feel a valued member here. And I'm so glad I know how to do that when I'm an adult. I actually thought, are you serious? Is there any fun? Can we just chill a bit? Yeah, well, I mean, there's chores and then there's just kind of uh, hoops that you've made to jump through to prove that you're a family member just because, like, whatever. The washing does need to be done. The toilet does need to be cleaned. Sure, I just say let's just keep them to Okay, well, we won't be having you polishing the skirting boards anonymous. (laughs) But let's get back to this other serious thing that you raise. And I agree with you, Ginny. Your friend's parents probably are very well aware that things are tough for you and they have talked to their child about you in a beautifully, you know, concerning, loving way. But I think it is really good for our listeners to hear this, that you as a teen want your friend's parents to know what's going on. And so, you know, for other parents out there listening, if a child is hanging around your house a lot, you might want to assume that, you know, it is tough at home for them or there is some reason while they're there and it's not just for the food, that you might want to firstly check with your child, hey, is your friend okay? And secondly, you know, if you know this child quite well because they're frequently there, it is okay to sit down with them and say, hey, is everything going on with you? Are you safe? Are you okay? You know, what can we do to support you? And again, I'm not suggesting for one minute we pile the responsibility of this child's well-being on another parent, 
but that's why we love hearing from teens because this teen is telling us what they need and I think we need to listen to that. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. If you have a question, email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au or submit your questions via our fabulous anonymous form. And if you like this show, please share it with your friends and tell people about it. This show was produced by the fabulous Emmeline Peterson. I'm Jo Lamble. I'm Ginny Mansberg and we'll see you next week. 